Hello, it is October 18th, 2022, and you're listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. Scott, how are we doing today? Man, it's I'm been doing... a while. I know it's been two weeks. We didn't get one get one in last week, but uh, but uh, I'm I'm glad to see your beautiful face. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be back as well. You know, it's uh, it's another week, another chance for a W. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Uh, yeah, we are we are over this last week of football. Last night's football game was. Absolutely excruciating to watch on on you know for multiple different reasons, but another but, Broncos know. primetime game. Just yeah, we're done with that until November, so we don't have to watch. I, I said in our group text that the Broncos need to be uh, relegated from primetime games for three years. I stand by that. It's just disgusting to watch. I think that's mostly their coach. That's doing that. Uh, also, Russell Wilson's apparently injured. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but before we get into anything football related, let's talk about what you're watching right now. Okay. Um, you know, the Lord of the Rings finale was this week. It, is there anything else you've been watching that that uh, is notable? Um, I will say I am watching Lord of the Rings and House of the Dragon, but I am a little behind on those because I took a trip this week into New Orleans. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I'm really watching that I'm up to date on is She-Hulk. And I've been really enjoying it. I've been really enjoying it every episode up until the last episode. And they just screwed the pooch on that one. That that was really? a terrible, terrible, terrible fucking ending. I really, like, they, I figured the episode before, like, they were they got to engage they were triggering they were they 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 were like were very good like a material in the way they shot them and then in the last episode they were just kind of like like eh fuck it how you want to end it i don't know let's just do this there you want to do that no i don't want to do it let's change it up last second again eh, let's do this and you're just kind of like and then it just kind of ended it's like, very really? what you're describing there is very much the point i mean they got into a writer's room and wrote about being in a writer's room I know that's but, okay. She was breaking the fourth. She was breaking the fourth wall throughout the thing. Sure, sure, break fourth wall. But yeah. then to sit there and climb out of the, the menu screen and then to go down and talk to the writers, literally got nothing done. And then to show a fucking AI robot writing the whole thing, and she has like a stupid argument with him, and then she just shows back up, and they're all just getting like quietly arrested, like fucking poke smash, smash shit, like like what the fuck was that? It was it just it. It, like it built all this stuff up and then she was like i'm gonna handle it responsibly and it's like is that the fucking show we're watching what the hell is it i think that is the show you're watching though i mean that's that's kind of what it's been the whole yeah, season but, is... But she, is she gonna have like she gonna show up to fight a villain be like 
Well, now we're going to talk about this responsibly. Daredevil doesn't do it. Daredevil shows up and kicks his ass. Yeah. If you want to be She-Hulk in the court, you're She-Hulk in the court. But if you're She-Hulk at, you know, going to catch your bill and kick his ass, kick his ass. Don't call the cops like a fucking nosy neighbor. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was really weak. And it's very much, uh, what do you think of um, Hulk's nephew? <laughs> Or no, it's his son. son. It's his son. His his son. son. It, it's to appease the Gen Z per, pe- people generation. It, it's it, it was really quite pathetic. I'm I'm guessing because it's then it's going to be because he didn't talk, so they haven't chosen an actor for it. So it's a cheaper version. And then Mark Ruffalo probably doesn't want to do this crap anymore. So like, oh look, we have a new guy Hulk, and it, well, it's going to be some stupid Gen Z kid. It'll be like uh, uh, I don't know. It'll be what was that skinny kid uh, from Dune? It'll probably be that fucking kid. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's in pretty much everything nowadays, but, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. It's something I can watch with, with Kennedy, my daughter. And, and it's, it's something that we, we get into as a family on Thursdays and it appeals to that kind of, it's, it's kind of a child show in certain senses. Yeah. Now there is a lot of sex and violence and whatever mixed in, but it's, it appeals to, I mean, she looks at the camera, she addresses the audience um it's a totally different kind of marvel uh universe production um the ai thing at the end and again i don't want to spoil this for anybody who hasn't watched it but we are five days six days out from it so i feel like it's okay to generally talk about it but but yeah i mean it's it's something different i personally liked it i'm excited for for uh season two i like the incorporation of of daredevil uh, the incorporation of the abomination, and they just kind of bring in things from outside into She-Hulk. So um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I, I'm watching. I started something last night. It is spooky season. It is October, so there's a Netflix show called Season or The Center. It's in season four. It's a great, uh, great show. Bill Pullman, if you if you don't know who that is, um, Independence Day president. Uh, and he's done mm-hmm. so many other things besides that. I I think that's just what, if you were describing him to somebody, that would be the role that, that they would know. But uh, the, yeah, season four, the first three seasons are amazing. Um, it's, it's a show about uh, a retired detective investigating murders. And he just so happens to always go town to town, not looking for him, just kind of stumbles upon these uh missing people or murders or or whatever it's a great show wonderful show and it, um i've only seen one episode but it started out great you know with with that and Dahmer and and all that sort of stuff i mean for the next two weeks that's that's how i'm going to fill my time when i'm not watching uh when i'm not watching any sports baseball football basketball hockey um we do get that tonight i know this is not your cup of tea but you got a hockey you got basketball on the first night playoff baseball's going on football on thursday this is sports utopia my friend sports utopia is going on um but we're here to talk about football okay let's go around the gridiron okay we'll talk about the gridiron i know this is uh you know we're not going to get into your record right now, which may not be where you want it to be this part of the season. Uh, but we've kind of had a down year statistically. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the great iron. One stat stood out to me that was posted earlier today by Adam Schefter. 
Rodgers, Brady, Stafford, Wilson have one 20-plus point game under their belt this year between the four of them. Why do you think this is? <laughs> that is sad, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty sad. Um, you know, they all have their own reasons. Uh, Wilson, still a new team, new offense, plus injuries. And a lot of prime time, which honestly, like until you've been with your team for a little bit, having multiple primetime games like that messes up your rhythm because having a game at noon every week, you can, you can do your full week of practice, full week of preparation and, and get ready for the game at the same time. They've had Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night. They've had every primetime game of it, uh, uh, under, under the sun for literally no reason at all. Yeah. So I'll give him that Stafford first time he's ever really been in a long postseason, let alone a Super Bowl. He threw in tons of extra hours thrown to uh, practicing with Cup. His elbow's shot. It's just not looking good. Plus, they sold out for the Super Bowl last year. And they've lost some of the pieces since then. So it's not really the same team. Uh, Brady, Brady's got other shit going on right now. I mean, Brady, I'll get into more into Brady when we talk about the Steelers this weekend. But uh, it's not a priority for him. It's just, it's really not. If you look at it, if you look, his actions speak a lot louder than his words. And mainly because I don't fucking listen to him, but his actions say that he's got other things that are more important to him going on, and it shows in his play. Um, and Rodgers, oh, Rodgers, um, he just takes zero accountability, and it makes for a great leader. Um, that was a joke because it's kind of <laughs> fucking terrible. He just, he just, everything for him is like everybody else's fault, like no matter what happens. And they started off a little slow and then they started getting back into the run game and, you know, going off the play action, things like that. But then they found out that their offensive line isn't necessarily the best, so that you are going to get stuck there sometimes. And he's like, oh, well, maybe we should dumb down the playbook because these receivers can't get it or whatever. But it's like, same time, maybe you need to put in a little extra time with these wide receivers. Maybe you need to actually like, Go figure out, you know, three different route, four different route combinations on every single play, things like that with these wide receivers. So you're not just pointing fingers and going, well, I've been MVP before, so it's obviously not me. Like, it's just the kind of attitude I get out of him all the time. I'm like, if he was like that, I'd be like, well, this guy's a fucking dickhead, huh? But, yeah. you know, that's why I haven't played for the Packers. Um, <laughs> so I think that's kind of where I'm at. They're also, they're all on the wrong side of 35, too. Yeah. That's got to, that make, takes a toll. I think Stafford, uh is is 34 he might be 35 right there but yeah the rest of them um you know are are older than that listen we go through this every couple of years your heroes at quarterback the people that we draft high in fantasy we're a two quarterback uh super flex league the the you know these people fade out and become old and stop to produce. We've seen it Peyton Manning and Brett Favre and Drew Brees and you know these people they start to fade and they don't they're not those top 5 guys every single year like we've seen them in the past. The only thing about that is they do that spaced out. So you see Peyton Manning fall off, you've seen Drew Brees fall off years apart. Is it possible do you think that all these quarterbacks that we've held at a, on such a high pedestal for so long are all coinciding with each other and fading at the same time. I mean, because in my mind, I think that's 
part of what's going on here is that Aaron Rodgers ain't what he used to be. Tom Brady definitely ain't what he used to be. Uh, I mean, should he have come back this year? Who knows? You know, I guess time will tell a bit by the end of the year. So far, it looks like, no, he made a bad decision. Um, Russell Wilson last year, I mean, people keep saying like, oh, my God, the Broncos are supposed to be so good. Like we thought that Russell Wilson coming out of Seattle to this situation where we've talked about where if any good quarterback came in the situation where it was Rodgers or, or Russell Wilson or whoever, somebody was going to be really successful in Denver. Russell Wilson looked like shit last year in Seattle and everybody said it's Seattle and you know, whatever he had DK Metcalf and, and Lockett and all these weapons. And Gino is like thriving. Gino's a top 10 fantasy quarterback right now, believe it or not through six weeks. I know. Yeah, I know, but he is, he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback with all those weapons that people said that, that, you know, Wilson just needs to get out of there. Russell needs to get out of there. Maybe it's Russell Wilson. Seattle's bad. Or Seattle's bad last year. Denver's bad this year. They're not moving the ball. You see him dancing around the pocket, making terrible decisions. I think that's a big thing is when you watch these Denver games, he's making just terrible decisions. He's not finding the open receiver. And when he does find the open receiver, it, it looks great. You saw that in the, the first touchdown last night with Greg Dolchich. Other than that, it was just, I mean, it was straight garbage. But, yeah, you saw uh, Brady struggle to move against the Steelers' defenses last week. You see, uh, you know, Stafford is playing injured to a certain extent with his elbow, but he's struggling to move the ball, unless it's the Cooper Cup. You know, maybe these guys are just, they're fading all at the same time, and we're going to see, you know, kind of a new generation of quarterback phase in while some of these other guy older guys are, are phased out um but it's making for bad football right now um which kind of brings me to my next point is it's a down year i uh, know you've seen the stats uh total points is down 20 plus percent from last year um it's the lowest point uh statistical fantasy year in 13 years which is absolutely maddening um, you know, this is kind of what we saw in 2018, which was four years ago, but not to this point. Again, it's only six weeks, but do you have some kind of formula of why this is going on? Is there some kind of single thing we can point to, or is it just an anomaly that we just need to accept? It's just kind of an anomaly. I, I think, um, what we've seen over the past 20 years even has been such a move towards football being an extremely offensive game, which to me, I mean, as a Steelers fan, you grow up watching defense, you, you grow up, you know, watching a nine to six win and you're like, yeah, you know, like that's a good game. And so right. that's, it, it's, I think it's just the defense is finally catching up because, for the last 13 years, last 20 years, every year it's three or four new rules on somehow, you know, you can't touch the wide receiver. You're not allowed to breathe on the quarterback. And, you know, you just allow them to touch, get, to get a touchdown. If it's overtime, start them on the 20 or whatever, you know, you know, all sorts of shit like that. It's, it's always for the offense. So I think it's just finally the defense is finally catching up because every year it's like, oh, I'm not allowed to do what? Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't. What? I've been doing that for my entire football career. What? Okay. Yeah. So they kind of act like every year they got to readjust and be like, wait, I, I can't hit low. I can't hit high. 
I can't hit on the side of the left or on the right. So I can hit like right, right here. You know, so it's like they're finally, they're finally get uh, catching on. I, I think that's what we're seeing. And the offenses will catch on in this season, this season too. It's just taking a little bit. I mean, honestly, I think that what we talked about before has something to do with it a, a little bit. Is that these really good quarterbacks, whether it be Rodgers or Stafford or uh, Brady or R- Wilson used to make big plays and used to have really high point totals that you, that you depend on. Now one eighth of the league is not representative of everybody, but these quarterbacks that we are used to throwing up three or four touchdowns a game aren't really doing that to a certain extent. The big matchup that we had of last week was the Bills and the Chiefs, right? At that three o'clock window. And, you know, right when the game started, Tony Romo said, this is going to be a 24-20 game. Now we'll ignore the fact that it was 24-20 and Tony Romo is, you know, can see the future. But these teams are saying, we're not going to let you beat us with the big plays. And we'll give you stuff underneath. And Josh Allen, especially Patrick Mahomes, are built, or they have been built on this base that they're going to have big plays. The the Mahomes to Tyreek was epic. And that's how Mahomes has built this idea that he's the best quarterback in a generation um, is because he can dance around in the pocket extend it and f- make these big plays with with receivers like that that's not happening this year that's not happening with anybody it's not happening with with kyler murray it's not happening with mahomes it's not happening where where people are breaking these huge plays um that's because i feel like teams are saying we're gonna let you kind of trickle down the field and if you're patient enough to do that to beat us on drive after drive after drive with these short intermediate plays, then you can win. But we're not going to let you beat us up over the top time and time again. Also, also I have really... to realize. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say part of that with not letting them play play over the top of them, their safety is playing deep and they can both play deep because nobody's running the ball this year. That's the other thing is yeah. a lot of these running, a lot of these quarterbacks live off of the play action pass. Aaron Rodgers, Stafford, even Brady, they live off of that play action pass. And since it's not effective because no one's really rushing the ball this year, safety sitting deep, like you said, no, nothing over the top and everything is going to, you're really going to have to work for it basically. Right. Yeah. And you know, I, th- I think that's a smart play. It's a smart play, but it doesn't make for good football. We want the big plays. We want the breakouts. We want the. You'd be like the, like the NBA. Uh, No zone defense uh, anymore, and no two high safeties anymore. That's it. Only one high safety allowed. Yes, you can (laughs) only play no more than ten yards off a receiver. Yeah, Um, but receivers get a running start like in arena football. (laughs) Right, right. So and and so that's kind of what we've been seeing is that these these teams are not giving up on that big play. They don't want to give up on that big play. And so they they choose not to run the ball. And it's like, 
you know, we, you can't just sit back in the pocket and say, you know, I want to go deep. I want to go deep. Okay. I'm going to dump it off. Cause it's not there. Cause he's double covered, you know, down the field. It's just, it's not good football thus far. Do I think, do I see things changing as time goes on? Yeah. I think as people get worn down in the season, you'll see a lot more separation for receivers. You'll see more open uh, gaps for running backs and you'll see teams kind of catch fire on offense more than they have thus far. And so I think the numbers will go up um, as far as fancy points and, and, and score projections. Uh, but right now, watching the NFL and what I talked about last night, as far as Thursday night bets, it's an under. Just smash the under in every game. Smash the under in every single game. Uh, if you think there's a bad defense or an underachieving defense, still smash the under. Uh, take... And those games against the Ravens are kind of over, just because that Ravens defense is god awful. But they went under. They went under Still? against the Giants. Yes, they went under. Twenty-four twenty. Oh, because it was forty-four. It was forty-five. Huh? Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, the thing. It's just it, I, I just uh, one of these things. The thing that really made me like see this was Cardinals Seahawks last week. <laughs> Seahawks were in like a bottom five metric in almost everything that you could think of against the tight end, against the running back, against you know, O-line or I'm sorry, D-line, like all this sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, who you'd think like, okay, open up the offense. Uh, let's, you know, get those intermediate passes going. Let's get Kyler running around the field. Like couldn't make anything happen. Nothing worked. Uh, and so, you know, an offense that you think would be kind of high powered, maybe not this year as much as, as other years, was just stifled against the CL defense, which is totally underwhelming. Um, so, you know, it's just it's just not happening for any team in the NFL right now. And it's it's alarming, but it, it, uh, I, th- I think it'll get better. I really do. Um, okay, so th- there's one thing that I like to talk about or I like to do. It's a little practice I like to do to kind of level out the field regardless of position. And and sometimes I do this, and it's fun to look at, but it's also um, informative. In we take positional players, especially the the people who are at top of their position, and we rank them among other positions. Okay, and I think what this does is really makes you grasp how valuable certain positions are comparatively to the whole field of, of fancy players uh, and also lets you see in fantasy, which position is doing really well and which positions are kind of struggling. I mean, we kind of already know generally, but this maybe puts in a, a different perspective. So let's first start out with Stefan Dix. Okay. Number one receiver, obviously he would be, quarterback eight okay let's look at some of the uh, quarterbacks that he would beat okay right now that he would be beating he would be beating brady Derek carr aaron Rodgers, 
And when I say would be, it's not would be. He is beating. Beating them right now. Beating them right now. I mean, all three of those guys. So Carr, Rodgers, Brady, Cousins. Tyler Murray. Uh, he is just behind Kyler Murray. So just behind Kyler Murray. But he's – I mean, I'm just naming these. I have, I have him at 126 and Kyler Murray at 126. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's right. Okay, so eight. Yeah. So, yeah, Kyler Murray would be nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson, obviously. But, I mean, these are big names. Stephon Diggs having that kind of season. Okay, that's not surprising. He would be running back one. Okay, so he's better than any other running back. This is not surprising with the year that that you know we're having. That's not shocking, right? Eckler. Eckler would be QB ten. Okay, so he would be beating everybody on that we just named except for Kyler Murray. Okay, at wide receiver he would be wide receiver three. Would be be the only receivers he wouldn't be beating would be Cup and Diggs. Okay. Um, so Hill, Jefferson, Chase, Eckler is better than them at those positions. Again, not too shocking, but in a two QB league and where we ranked Eckler, um, really exceeding that price, right? I don't like to go back to the draft. I don't like to say what, you know, coulda, woulda, shoulda. That's in, we're in week six. That's not something you should do. However, you really need to level this out and say, okay, is this where he is going forward or is this something where he's overachieving? Let's talk about a bad quarterback. Okay. Somebody who we thought may have been good, but somebody who's really underachieving this year. Let's talk about Justin Fields. Okay. (laughs) Justin Fields would be wide receiver 26, which is bad. Droppable. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, in two QB leagues, we're rostering Josh – or not Josh yeah. Rosen. <laughs> we're roster, we're just, rostering Brett Rippon, and uh, yeah. we're getting excited and about – Mitchell Panthers. Trubisky and stuff. Yeah, Mitchell yeah. Trubisky, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But it's but as far as how Fields is doing right now, uh, I'd like if you were, had like your wide receiver 26, you'd be like, oh, that's not that great. Yeah. Brandon Ayuk. Um, he is behind Brandon Ayuk. And Brandon um, Ayuk's had like one good game. I think this past week was like his first good game. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he is right there around T. Higgins. He's behind Lazard. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's those uh, hit or miss wide receivers. You might get a goose egg, you might get a touchdown. <laughs> right. And then we're talking about a QB2. It was drafted as a QB2 in, in most super yeah. flex and, and two quarterback leagues. Uh, as a tight end who's been abysmal, uh, an abysmal position, tight end, uh, he'd be tight end four. So, yeah, I mean, that's not, again, that's not too crazy because I mean, Kelsey tight ends have been pretty bad this year. Tight end has been bad, but Kelsey and Andrews have been very yeah. consistent and, and really good. So, um, yeah. Okay. But this is really where it gets interesting. And this is where I preach all throughout the year. And I'm crazy about these statistics because I think that um, people in leagues that have kickers and have IDP 
severely undervalued, especially in our league. Yeah, I think it's severely undervalued kickers <clears throat> and defense. People don't take it seriously at all. Suck up. Kicker for the for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number one kicker so far this year, 70 points. He would be running back 17 if he was a running back. Comparatively, running back 17, uh, let's see, Damian Pierce, Aaron Jones-ish, uh, Khalil Herbert, James Robinson, Kareem Hunt, Cordell Patterson. They're all like 100% rostered. <laughs> right around that range. Okay, just short of Aaron Jones. That's alarming. Okay, if you're an Aaron Jones owner, um, he would be the second best defender IDP in the league. He would be QB twenty four, fitting as a QB two if you started suck up every single week. He would be better than any Carolina quarterback, better than the collective work of uh, Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks, better than the collective work of Steelers quarterbacks, better than the collective work of, let's see, that might be just about it. I mean, better than Stafford right now. Disgusting. Yeah. Better than Stafford. Better than Fields. Better than Mills. Um, kicker's important, man. It's important to have somebody that's reliable in that position and, and can put up points every week. Uh, he would be wide receiver 15. Right there, outside of wide receiver 1, would be the best kicker in the league. So when somebody says, don't spend draft picks, don't trade for a kicker, don't worry about them on the fantasy wire or the, you know, whatever, just march somebody out there. No, you need somebody reliable. You need somebody every week. Uh, I'm going to get your thoughts on this right after this. But for now, let me just do defense real quick. Tariq Woolen. Okay, we're not in the days where Josh Wilson, Rondé Barber, stuff like that, where they're going to be first page overall and they're going to just blow people's minds. It, people don't kick return. Defense is worked differently on the field, so they don't get nearly as many points. But Tariq Woolen, who is right now the best defender in the league, would be running back 13. Okay, a running back one. Wide receiver 12, a wide receiver one. Tight end three. And QB 23. Defense matters, man. Kicker and defense matters. These guys, if you can collectively get people who can consistently put up points every week, can really make a difference in your team can really make a difference. I know I've talked a lot. Is there anything that stands out during everything I've just said? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the, the position comparison because um, 
I mean, every league is set up a little bit differently, and but especially for our league with the super uh, superflex two QBs, you know, we've always been so focused on pretty much, you know, you draft QB, QB, running back or wide receiver or something that with how things are going, you're looking at these position battles. And to me, not only have we been talking about how much running backs have been dropped, have dropped off, but wide receivers have been killing it this year. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think you need to at least at some point start adjust your strategy, whether, I mean, obviously we're in week six or in the middle of the season, so you can't do that for the draft right now, but like you were saying, be trading for a good defense, be trading for a uh, replace your bad useless kicker that just gets three extra points a game, uh, a game or something. And look at the fact that, you know, somebody like Eckler personally back in the day, I would have been like, Oh, well, Eckler is not really a big enough back to get those goal line carries. So he's probably not always going to get that many touchdowns blah, blah, but he's a three down back. He's on the field all the time. And Justin Herbert uses him. He, he dumps a ball off him. They run it with him. And he's, a, he's just, he's, he's, uh, he's wiry, you know, he's, right. he, he's, he's slippery. He's, he, he, he tends to hide behind his big old line and then just pop out of, pop out of somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, Justin Fields, I honestly feel bad for the guy. Like, I, I think, like, he could be a good quarterback, but he's just stuck in Chicago. And have you ever known Chicago to have a good offense? Uh, yeah. No, I'm, just, okay. I'm, like, I'm, I'm starting to think it's, like, the ownership. Like, like they just – they're just so, like, their head is so far in the dirt that they're just, like, did someone say they could promise us a good offense? What'd they say? I don't know. We'll hire them. And that's it. That's like the whole process. Right. It, it's it's got to be as bad as it could possibly be because every year it's just a crap product. Um, you, you just hope they play good defense, basically. But so I feel bad for Fields. Um, suck I mean, up kicker number one for sure this year because Brady's sucking it. He's he's still Brady, so he's good enough to get you their their side of the field. But he's I got too many things going on, and he's not good enough to get you in the end zone. So suck yeah. up all day. Um. Woolen and the Seahawks defense in general has they've let up some points in games, but they've also had some really good games. And no matter what, they don't allow the big play. So like Woolen's getting at least a tackle or two as they're working them their way down the field. You know, so like he's they're they're making you earn it. And on that way, Woolen's getting like every other tackle, basically. <laughs> it's been crazy. Right. And and I mean, like we've said in the past, teams that, you know, are really bad on defense or give a lot of separation on defense and, and let up a lot of yards. Those are the IDP stars. They are. Um, and so Tariq Woolen, I think has been a part of that and has been a big beneficiary, but, but yeah, he's having an absolutely wonderful year. I think he has four picks and touchdown mm -hmm. just doing awesome. All right, let's do our overreaction Tuesday. Like we always do. I'm going to give you contenders versus pretenders. I'm going to give you a team. You tell me whether they are contender or a pretender. Ready? Oh, I'm ready. Start with the New York Giants. What do you think? Contender or pretender? Um, You know, I think that they're a regular season contender. I think they're going to do really, really well in the regular season. If they make it to the postseason, I don't think they'll do that great. Just because they haven't been there in a long time, uh, the the level, the pressure, the you know of the game gets will will get to them if they get there. But they're they're killing it right now. We yeah. have strong run game and good defense. You know that's hard to beat. True. Um, 
What do you think? I I think uh, listen. I think the Packers game this last or not the Packers game, this Ravens game this last week, uh, really cemented it for me that they are a contender. Um, I thought they were pretending earlier, but listen, the difference that I've seen from the Giants teams of the past is that this team is not standing on the shoulders of Daniel Jones. This team is running the ball. They're getting uh, the ball to receivers in open space. They're playing the field position game very, very well, whether it be special teams um, and, and defense. And I think that is key. Uh, do I think that they can beat some of the other teams in the NFC, whether it be the Eagles or uh, you know the Cowboys going forward? I, I don't believe that. I, I don't think that they are that kind of talent. Now, that was two teams in their own division you're saying they can't beat. <laughs> well, yes. I, I, I will talk about that soon. Um, but because I think this is a contender for one of the best indivi- uh, divisions in the NFL. Um, but I think they're a contender. The only thing that we really haven't seen um, – and it, again, against the Packers, they, they came from behind to a certain extent. But I'd like to see this team come from behind in the fourth quarter at the last second. Uh, I think the, the game against the Packers was a gradual come from behind win where they came from behind and scored and scored and scored and, and then held uh, the the Packers. There was no game-winning drive. Put the ball in Daniel Jones' hands. Let him try to win with a two-minute drill. I'd like to see that, and then they are like a playoff contender, somebody that you don't want to see when that when it comes down to it. Right now, I think they are a team that can make the playoffs, but not go very far. Um, yeah, I think they're a contender. How about uh, Jets? Contender, pretender. I'm gonna go with pretender right now. I don't quite believe them yet. They are playing good defense. They're, they are uh, running the ball well. Um, I just think that a winning streak and the pressure is going to get to them here pretty soon, um, just because the Jets have never really been in this situation before. And you got to kind of know how to handle the spotlight, I guess, and, and you know, know how to handle going into a game being the favorite, you know, and, you know, talking to the press and, and you know, still – you know, still complimenting your opponents, not saying things like, oh, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. I, you know, I went to a wedding on Friday, whatever, you know, kind of thing. You, you got to like, you, you got to actually like kind of stick with it. So I'm not quite a believer of them. I know they've been playing really well. I know they just, uh, you know, they beat the Steelers last week, the other week, and they beat, uh, who did they play? They, they beat someone pretty decent this um, weekend. This last the, week, uh, they beat the Packers. Well, Oh yeah, yeah, they beat the Packers. Yeah, yeah, it was, and it was, it was a good game. Um, I honestly don't think the Packers are as good as people think they are. I think they're, they've actually kind of missed on multiple draft picks over the past few years, and it's starting to show. Um, but okay, I, I just, I don't see, I don't see him being a contender yet. What about you? Um, I, I don't see him being a contender. I think they're a pretender. But I will give them a compliment. Their D-line is playing out of control. Their defense is playing really, really well. And I think that has a lot to do with the head coach. Um, Mm -hmm. 
they're very similar to the Giants. <laughs> they're very similar to the Giants in the way they've won games. Not blowing people away, but really getting the ball, you know, to their running backs, whether it be Brees Hall and on the other side, uh, like Saquon, using him like Saquon, um, getting him in open space and really making plays and not fucking up. They're just, they're not fucking up a lot. And they're playing really good special teams and really good defense and, and causing yeah. teams to go three and out because that D-line puts a lot of pressure on people. So, yeah. No, I, I, I like the Jets. I don't think they have enough offensive firepower to compete mm-hmm. in this division. And I think that, uh, you know, you've got games against the Bills coming up. You've still got some uh, Dolphins to take care of. Uh, and so I think they're their schedule going forward is going to force them to not be a contender, to be a pretender. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they've got a foundation to do well going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one, Vikings. Five and one Vikings. Do you think they're a contender or pretender? I think they're a pretender. Just because the games I've seen where the defenses pay attention to Justin Jefferson, all of a sudden their like whole playbook is just like completely fucked. And it's like, you have to expect for a defense to double Justin Jefferson. If they don't double Justin Jefferson, then they should just pack up their bags and go home. They shouldn't even fucking show up. If their game plan was not double Justin Jefferson. So every once in a while, they like, it's like every other game, basically their, their team's just like, Oh, he's just a normal guy. Just put a random corner on him. It doesn't matter. And Kirk Cousins goes crazy and they, and they do really well. But I just feel like, Anytime they play any defense that's worth its shit, like they're they're just going to be dumbfounded. Be like, what do we do now? And, like I've watched Kirk Cousins, and it's just painful because it's like they get one quarter of it, two quarters of it. They go to halftime, they don't change anything, come back, do the same thing. No fourth quarter, no, they can keep doing the same thing. Okay, so yeah, uh, I mean, Dalvin Cook's good, but yeah, is is really hard. This is the hardest contender pretender that we can do because they're five and one, and the only team they've lost to is six and zero, is the is the Eagles, but their schedule plays out played out like this. So they beat the Packers, week one, twenty three seven. Then they squeaked out one against Detroit, who was really an underwhelming team. Squeaked out one against New Orleans on the road. Beat. Chicago by a touchdown and beat That's a struggling right. Miami team that started Skylar Thompson by a touchdown. By one touch. So they're squeaking by these games. Yes. The, and I mean, they're, they're not like, yeah, they're not covering. <laughs> they're not covering, but no. they're winning games. So it's like, is this team good? I think time will tell. I'm going to say that they're pretenders. They have a bye week this week. And then they come back with a really soft schedule with Arizona and Washington. That's really where we're going to see whether they're a contender or pretender. But I think right now they are pretenders. They're not a 5-1 team. They've just, they've got a 5-1 record. Hard to say, but, uh, but they are, they are pretenders to me. They're like a definition of better lucky than good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, let's talk about our teams and we'll do Steelers temperature check first. Okay. Uh, they just beat Brady and the, and the bucks, which nobody saw coming. I know 
no matter what you say, you didn't see coming uh, this yeah, last week. Uh, you know, and they were extreme underdogs. Where do the Steelers go from here? Are they, I mean, I know you're pleased with a win anytime you can get one. Uh, is this uh, going to be a thing going forward? Or are the Steelers good? Question mark. I wouldn't say good. Um, anytime you can get a win over Brady, that's uh, never take that for granted because he's such a little cheating cunt that you got to take every chance you can get with him. <laughs> um, I mean, that was full offense. But yeah, you're not always going to have that. the fact that, you know, I mean, the Steelers won, but it, it was kind of the fact that, okay, you know, did Brady prepare for the game? No. Did Brady have more important things to do? Yeah, he went to Robert Kraft's wedding on Friday night. Was Brady at a wedding for the first time being single in about 20 years? Yeah, he was. So Brady had fun? Brady had fun. Brady skipped the walkthrough on Saturday that they scheduled later in the afternoon specifically for him to make it? Yeah, he did, because he probably had a lot of fun at Robert Kraft's wedding. So you're not always going to have that situation. Usually, quarterbacks in the NFL, they're getting paid millions of dollars are going to take their job kind of seriously and not think that they're above everybody else and be a complete dickhead about everything. Usually they're going to come in and have gone through the game plan and just destroy the defense like they have been the past five years. So while yes, it is great to get great to get a win against Brady. He obviously was not all there, um, but they didn't do anything like crazy. They, they basically like compared to the last games, the defense, the defensive backs, Get people in front of them. Yeah. If they thought the guy was a little faster than him, he took a couple steps back before the play started. It, it was like it was elementary shit. It, because the other times it was just like you just see the DB just running, running after the wide receiver, like, oh my god, I'm never gonna catch him. And you're just like, well, just back up, back up, and keep it in front of you. That's all you gotta do. And they rushed, they rushed Brady. They got to Brady, which was big by only rushing four instead of sending extra blitzers and leaving the defensive backs uh, bare because there was like. I think we're, you know, we're using like practice squad guys out there on defensive backs. Um, so it was really, it was really the defense, the special teams that really did, did a lot. Uh, what were you going to say? No, I, I mean, I agree with you. You did kind of make the Steelers heat check about Tom Brady. And I, I, I agree with you. Okay. That insight about Tom Brady and not being prepared for the game. And, and it is kind of sad to see him screaming at his O-line on the side of the, on the sideline. It's like, man, Tom Brady was absolutely on top of the world like five months ago when that documentary came out with his documentary. And like people, I remember him saying is retiring and, you know, I was talking to Stephanie about it. I'd be like, man, I'm going to miss Tom Brady. He was a great quarterback and he's been a quarterback as long as I've watched football. I mean, it's just, he's great. And now we look at him and it's very sad to watch that great story kind of, I'm enjoying it. I know you're enjoying it, and there's a lot of people out there enjoying it because they're when when there's somebody as success as successful as Tom Brady, uh, there's gonna come a lot of haters, and I'm not saying that just to you. There is. I mean, I mean he and I, he 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 really has been the best cheater in the NFL that I have ever seen. And I, I mean, he does it like nobody else. Trust me. Every time, every year, they come up with some new way of cheating. He just nails it. Um, now, granted, that was with Belichick. He hasn't done that as much in Tampa Bay. But, you know, you're still part of the process. So, 
But I mean, they, I mean, really good. I mean, every year it was, you know, you know, write the answers on your pants so you can put on a test, put on the inside of your glasses. He he had all the tricks. So yeah, I mean, on that aspect, fucking solid. Yeah, no, I I agree with that, but I'm just, you know, I'm to me, this was a different Tampa Bay team playing the Steelers this last week than we've seen, especially last year. Okay. Because he has he has more important things to do. That's what I'm saying. Right. He's, his football is not a priority for him right now. Yeah, I mean it was a it was a struggle game. What did you think of um, the offense from Pickett and and a little bit from Trubisky? Well, they they were moving the ball with Pickett more because Pickett was playing to win the game. Trubisky goes out there to try not to lose the game. What happens when you do that? You never win the game. Pickett was going out there to play to win the game. But not only with that, they had a little bit better game plan finally. Matt Canada was finally using um, some just just some good spatial movement of just move the defense where you want them to move them and then send your guys into open space. It's really fucking elementary. And they finally started running some of those plays with Kenny Pickett, and that's what got him up. Um, later, unfortunately, Kenny Pickett had to leave a concussion because I really wanted Kenny Pickett to not only get his first official win, but first official win against Brady, do the yep. press conference, all the rest of it. Would have been great for his confidence after the crap they've been put him, putting up here so far. Mm-hmm. But instead, Trubisky goes out there, and that was a perfect situation for Trubisky because Trubisky only plays well when there's no pressure on him and everybody is expecting him to suck, and they basically tell him, you can't win the job or the job is not yours. Right. When when you put the pressure on Trubisky, it's like, oh, oh, oh I better not lose it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, and, and that's that's watching Trubisky play. And so it's so that second half, you know, he just had to go out there and basically, you know, no matter what you did, Kenny Pickett's still our guy. That was a perfect situation for him. Yeah. Um, so they won. But I, I I really give it's a team, it was a team win. The special uh, special teams played really well. Defense played really well. Um, Alex Highsmith was able to get to the quarterback a lot. They were able to hit Brady, which is great. Um, you know, it, it was a full team win. I, I don't, I don't expect this to be a huge jump forward by any means because, like I said, you're not always going to have the opposing quarterback. Uh, you know, going to a wedding in the week the night before, mm-hmm. but I, I think I think it was good good momentum moving forward. And one thing I didn't realize is that uh, Tomlin has started one and four. I think two or three other times in the season and never had a losing season. So that is, that is a little bit more promising for, uh, for him, but it was a good start. Give me your prediction for, it's a fun one for Steelers fans. Uh, give me your prediction for Sunday night against Miami. You think they can pull uh, this one they... out? Oh, two is playing, I assume. Right? Two is playing. Yes. Yeah, that's smart. That's real smart. Um, so he'll be playing for at least a half until he leaves on a stretcher, um, uh-huh. and then Bridgewater comes in. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just saying these are these. There's are these are his choices and the coach's yeah. choices to put him back into oncoming traffic. And we've seen what happened last time. So I, I, I just I don't understand the logic that if each time it keeps getting worse and they just keep throwing him back out there and thinking, well, maybe this time it won't happen. But each time it keeps getting worse. So if it keeps getting worse, and last time, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I just, I think, I like to think logically. And if they're just going to think like a bunch of dumbasses and throw them out there, throw them out there, dude. We're finally getting pressure on the quarterback. Good fucking luck, jackass. Yeah. Um, uh, 
You know, it just depends because Tyreek Hill's such a fast fucker and nobody can cover him. Serious defense. Uh, I, 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 I mean, would you say think... 31 28, either and, way. And you think Pickett plays? I think, Pick, yeah, Pick, Pickett's going to play. They've, they've already been talking a lot today about uh, how he's basically passed everything and they just need to have some independent uh, neurologist uh, clear him, which, I mean, sounds like a quick and easy payoff right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought that they would try to keep him out. Um, but I, I will say, as far as concussions go, the hit didn't look like that severe of a concussion. Like, it was a little bit more of a precautionary thing that they took him out and kept him out kind of thing. Right. Um, I will say that. He didn't He didn't have a seizure or come stumbling off or anything like that or seem wobbling around. He, he had no two moments to say that. Well, <laughs> um, But eventually... Eventually, essentially, we're going to have two guys that shouldn't be cleared to play football, play starting quarterback Sunday night football in franchise. So Sunday night the NFL, battle. the NFL better hope that nobody leaves on the stretcher. Basically, yeah, fucking see it. Yeah, no, I, I I hear you there. Yeah, that might be a controversy, and I, you can guarantee that they don't talk about that in the pregame. That they're going to leave that out um, for certain reasons. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Let's talk about the Texans. (laughs) Okay. So Texans made a big move and I, for anybody that doesn't follow Houston sports or isn't tuned into Houston sports, the most hated person in Houston is our GM Easterby. Okay. Uh, people blame him for driving out to Sean Watson, which turns out was probably the right move um they blame him for deandre hopkins leaving and influencing uh bill o'brien and doing a lot of the moves that kind of broke apart the texans from a team that was in the afc championship uh steps away from the super bowl to a team that is in the bottom of the barrel searching for any piece of offense that can, they can get um there are people in in Texans football, I mean, in a short history, uh, that absolutely despise the man. Andre Johnson, J.J. Watt. I mean, these are people who have nothing good to say about this person. Uh, and yet the Texans front office refused, refused uh, to fire him or let him go, despite all this controversy. Well, he was let go earlier this week to the cheers of thousands hundreds of thousands of fans texans fans and and houstonians um and so it felt like there was a big weight lifted off our shoulders you saw andre johnson come out on instagram and show that he is proud to be a texan uh you know fan again you saw uh, J.J. Watt cheer the move. You saw all these fans come out of the woodwork. Um, and it's almost like the sun came up. And you started to see all these posts and this chatter about the Texans' future. Right now, I don't know if you knew this, but I mean, we had gotten the Browns pick for Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, we own, we got a lot of pick picks, but yeah. <laughs> but really, honestly, what we're concerned about mostly right now 
is their number one pick for next year. With the Browns losing yesterday, currently they have the sixth pick overall. We have the fourth pick overall. Hey, fourth and sixth pick overall ain't bad. That means we'd have an early second round pick as well. Three picks in the first 36 picks is awesome. Um, we got a bright future, man. I love Damian mm-hmm. Pierce. Even though people don't like Davis Mills, I like what Davis Mills is doing. I think he can have a better second half than he has in the first half. Um, you know, our defense, right now we are number one in the NFL in percentage touchdowns led up within the 10-yard mark, within within uh, first and goal. I think it's 8% of first and goal snaps result in a touchdown. Number one in the NFL, okay? Our defense is playing very, very well on all fronts. And I love what we're doing because these guys are really, really young. Um, I love the Texans. I'll always love the Texans. I love what they're doing right now. I feel like this isn't the Texans from two years ago. We've gotten tons and tons of bad press over the last two years. This is a new, young, exciting team. And I, I can't wait to where they go with it. Uh, Sunday's a big game for us, I think. We are facing a team with a record that's not as good as ours. A team that was supposed to be way more immensely talented. I mean, they are more immensely talented, but had way bigger uh, expectations this year than the Texans. But currently, the Raiders are one and four. That's a big game to for us I'm never going to be somebody that says, let's lose every freaking game so we can get X player, whether it be Bryce Young or whoever. I'm never going to be that person. I'm going to root for every game to win every single game. Um, Do I love the draft picks that I just talked about? Yes, absolutely. But this Sunday, I really do think that we have uh, the possibility to go out and win this game with this defense and, and grinding it out with, uh, with Damian Pierce and, and with our two receivers, Nico Collins and David and, uh, and Brandon cooks on the outside. What's your view on the Texans? Do you think this is a, a, a team going forward that could be a playoff contender in the next two years? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I love the move of getting rid of Easterby. I mean, I don't, I was always dumbfounded by, Easterby's uh, resume, I suppose, when they were like, wait, so you were the uh, minister for New England and you would go in there and do the prayers for him? We should get this guy as our GM. Like, what fucking idiot did that? And then all of a sudden he was there and everybody was like, well, he's untouchable. No matter what he does, he's just untouchable. And it's just like, yeah, you were so bad and so, I don't know, like evil that whatever Deshaun Watson was doing, and even the things we found out about Deshaun Watson, people still disliked you more. Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. The fact that Deshaun Watson was going around poop tickling, doing whatever, even the worst thing you could think of, people still thought Easterby was worse for the fucking franchise. Yeah. And they still got rid of Deshaun first. So it's been a long time. It has been a huge weight on your shoulders, like you said. The fact that they 
finally, I, I, I wonder what the last straw was. I just wonder who eventually somebody was like, did Easterby eat my lunch again? That's it. You know, like, what did he do? That After was, like, our he first win. So many outrageous things that they're just like, you know what? This is, that's the last straw. Like, but it's great that he's gone because like you said, he alienated, I mean, Texans, uh, like legends, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like, he, he had been doing just, just, absolutely terrible and tearing that place apart by person by person so it's great to see him gone i'd love to see this franchise do better texas is such a great sport a state for sports and so is houston they haven't had a good team in a while and after last year last season the texans finished really well at the end of the season i was like man texas is gonna start off really hot this year and they just they just haven't quite been there but there's still a lot of football left to play and i think there's a great time to pick up some momentum yeah great on defense, stagnant on offense. But if you're looking for a fantasy boost in the second half, I will continue to toot the Texans horn. Uh, Cooks, Nico Collins, uh, Pierce, Davis Mills even. Um, Going to be good. Going to be good. I like O.J. Howard if you're looking for a desperate tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Let's uh, talk about team you're most disappointed by the weekend. I, I just think in general the Panthers have just been so bad. That Disgusting. that stat, yeah. yeah, you showed me for uh, well, it's a negative air air yards or something. Negative like, one, the first time somebody's ever gotten negative air yards. Then that that's so that's starting to make me think about the fact that like maybe it's not all on Baker. Maybe it's not all about how Baker is. Maybe these coaches are just really sending them out there with a crap game plan and. Well, yes, they fired their head coach. That doesn't necessarily mean things are going to get better. I mean, sure, Ding Dong Witch is dead, but like the the guys underneath him, do they have their own ideas? Are they bringing anything to the table, or were they just a bunch of yes men? Because yeah. after what we saw this weekend, it looks like they're just a bunch of yes men. It's like you just put out a, literally a worse product than what Matt Rule is putting out. So that's yeah. pretty fucking bad. Well, I mean, PJ Walker, PJ Walker's not a world beater. Yeah. But yes, the Panthers' offense is in is in shambles at this moment, and I would see, I would care to bet that they are going to move some people before November, before the trade deadline, in November. Uh, Packers disappointed me. I thought they would take care of business. I lost a lot of bets, a lot of parlays on the Packers. Uh, couldn't even beat the Jets. Uh, team you were most impressed by? I'm gonna go with the Seahawks. I mean, I I know like they were the team that I thought was gonna do bad, but something I've really learned the past few couple weeks, and I, I attribute this not only with the Russell Wilson Geno trade, but the Stafford and Jared Goff trade, is mm-hmm. that when a team counts a quarterback out and trades him for another quarterback that they like pay you know astronomical numbers for. It puts a big chip on that other quarterback's shoulder. Yeah. Like, oh, oh really? Yeah, you're gonna pay that much. Oh, okay, motherfucker. And Gino and Jared Goff. I mean, Jared Goff has been not as great this year, but last year, I mean, he killed it. And Gino, I Gino playing out of his mind. He's his best best numbers of his whole career. I, yeah. I I had every right to think he was gonna suck before, and so did Seattle and Denver, and all their extra thought he was gonna suck. And he's out there killing it. So never discredit the chip on the shoulder. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I was impressed by the Falcons. Uh, they played 
49ers ball. Run the ball, control the game, play some defense, get the ball back, on, and then run the ball. I think there was a time where they ran five or six plays in a row. Uh, it was just, I mean, they it, it was impressive. Um, they're playing the way that a team that would be built around Marks Mariota would play, uh, and they're winning or at least they won last week. We'll see how it works going forward, but yeah, they really impressed me. Player that most disappointed you this weekend? Um, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. Like yeah. I said, I just think, I just think like what I was saying earlier, if you're going to have that record, you know, that resume with all the MVPs and, you know, the Super Bowl win and all these things, then you have to realize that you have to, you're the leader now. People are looking at you. You have to lead in a, uh, in a way that people are going to follow you, not like in a way where you're a dickhead and everybody goes, wow, he's just blaming everybody else. I'm playing for somebody else. I'm not. So, you know, it's, there's like two different ways. Like you can either be a good leader or you can do what Aaron Rodgers does. So that's, that's, you know, where I'm at with it. Gotcha. Uh, I was pretty disappointed in Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, he was in most of my daily lineups uh, against the Giants. I thought he'd come out and play pretty good ball, uh, connect with Mark Andrews. And he did connect with Mark Andrews. But in that second half, man, he could not do anything, turn the ball over, I think, three times and just was disgusting. Uh, you know, I said before the season I was down on Aaron Rodgers. Uh, not Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson came out and kind of proved everything that I thought would happen. Uh, that's can't get it right. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I was disappointed in Lamar Jackson player that impressed you most. I'm just, I'm going to go the whole Jets defense, but specifically Quincy Williams, uh, that, that defensive, the, de- the defensive line is crazy. The linebackers are attacking and hitting hard. Just defense is, is for real. I, I don't think the whole team is a contender, but that defense is a contender. Yeah, they they are keeping them in games, and that that's how they're giving them a chance to win. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna go with Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow came out this week and uh, wore Jamar Chase's jersey for the game pregame. Mm-hmm. I should have known this. This was dumb on my end. I should have put him in every single daily lineup that I had. Uh, but he just absolutely, he looked like the guy that led him to the Super Bowl last year, just came and destroyed those guys, uh, in new Orleans and who hasn't really had a terrible, uh, defense throughout the year. Uh, they're great. So, so yeah, uh, really impressed with Joe Burrow, really impressed with that team. And I, I would care to guess that that extends into the coming weeks that Cincinnati Bengals are back. Uh, let's do something we haven't done all year, uh, a shot bet. I'm going to let you pick first, okay? This is how we're going to do it. We're going to take the matchup mm-hmm. of the week in the gridiron. You're going to tell me why you think this team's going to win. You pick first. I'll go next week. Uh, and, you know, we'll take a picture of the shot when it when it, uh, when it it comes to uh, fruition. But go ahead. Disco Lemonade versus Professor is our game of the week. Tell me, who do you think wins? Ooh, let's go through this one. Let's see. Let's see. So Disco is starting Tom Brady and Matt Ryan. Brady at Carolina, Matt Ryan at Tennessee versus professors Ryan Tannehill and Geno Smith versus Indianapolis and at the Chargers. I kind of, what's sad is like past years, you know, you'd think Ryan and Matt Ryan and Tom Brady, easy win. 
but they haven't been playing that great. And Hill's okay. Gino Smith has been killing it. But even they, they have some drop-off games. And then you got wide receivers, Debo, Cooks, Metcalf, Olave, Myers, Pittman. Nice stack for Disco with Matt Ryan and Pittman. This is a tough this is a tough choice. I mean, that's why it's game of the week. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're both, both four and two. two. Game, that's why it's game of the week. And they both have a lot of players that are way better than mine. Uh-huh. You know, it's I'm gonna go with my gut. I'm gonna go with the professor. Um I just I like some of his matchups a little bit more. Um I think that I think that some of his wide receivers are, are due and they've been doing well, but they're they're gonna do they're probably gonna have a great game. It's tough. Like I said, they're very tough. They both have good defenses, they both have uh, good wide receivers and, and quarterbacks, but I'm gonna go with Professor on this one. I tell you what, you if, if no, I mean you get to pick this week because I got next week. But if I was going to pick, I would pick Professor. I think Curtis Samuel, you know, that game, uh, you know, I know we've talked about under, 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 but uh, that game, if there was going to be an over game, it's going to be that game, San Francisco versus Kansas City. I think Debo is going to be a big part of that San Francisco offense from the backfield and receiving. I think he has a big game. Um, I like some of the trades that that Professor made this week. David Montgomery against New England. Um, that team should revolve around David Montgomery going forward. That's mm-hmm. their only strength is running the ball. They need to run the ball. And if you have what you want in fantasy is volume. David Montgomery is going to get volume. Him and Khalil Herbert are going to be a one-two punch going for that Chicago team going forward. Um, we saw last night that even though Russell Wilson is hurt, and uh, was just not playing well, that Chargers defense is exploitable. And Geno and Metcalf are a good connection. Geno being a top 10 quarterback, I I really like this team uh, on offense going forward. So as interesting as it might be, I'm rooting for Neil. Please win. Uh, Please do well. Disco Lemonade. Uh, Please let your 40-year-old quarterbacks do something this weekend. Uh, but I, I, I would think professor's going to win, but rooting for Neil, we'll, we'll, we'll bet a shot on that. Uh, gambling corner Thursday night. Uh, I am two and two on the year, three and one with these props. I'm going to go like I was talking last night. It's like I'm on the craps table and I got a hot roll and I keep going. Uh, don't pass. I'm going to go with the hot roll. I'm going to stay with it under 44 and a half. These teams are not prepared for Thursday. You got a quarterback controversy, not a controversy, quarterback questions in New Orleans. Let's go under 44 and a half. What I will say is Lutz, Will Lutz, he's had, uh, he averages almost three field goals a game, at least attempts a game. Uh, Let's go Lutz over one and a half field goals on Thursday night. That's my prop. We'll see if that hits. Um, Sunday parlay. I'm 0-4. Let's get something easy, something simple. Uh, Cowboys, Bengals. That parlay, $100, pays a little bit less than $100. I like it. Let's do that. Easy, easy, easy. Uh 
survivor pick of the week i got cowboys i think cowboys take care of business this weekend um against the lions lions yeah i'm sorry i think cowboys come out Dak comes back and doesn't miss a beat and is gonna come out and win that game is, is Dak officially back Dak is officially back practicing on at, at tomorrow and is scheduled to start on sunday so okay. that's it man that's all i have for us this week uh phil Dak and cd lamb and michael gallup in your daily lineups because they are going off this weekend anything else you got for me scott not too much other than you know I feel like I've done everything I can do, try to do <laughs> for my fantasy team. And like the gods are just like, what do you do? What player do you get? Break his finger. You know, like just like it's, it, it's, it, it's, it, it's like I'm taking crazy pills here, honestly. Like, yeah. Um, so it's been a hell of a year. It really has been. I'm going to keep, you know, you know, trying to fight it out, but it has just been, it, it, it's been rough. Not gonna lie. Um, every 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 day, uh, just you know, wake up to new terrible news about my team. So, but we're here. We'll be here for you and giving you plenty of Huck's good advice and my terrible <laughs> advice um, each and every week. So don't. It's worry. not terrible advice. We hey, seasons happen like this. Okay, there's some things happen where you know there's. Uh, you just make the wrong choices. Bad luck happens. You put yourself in a position to do better going forward. And I think you have better days ahead. But that's all we got. Always good talk to you, Scott. Uh, hope Always. I can see you soon so we can uh, pay out this shot bet, whether I win or lose. We will see you guys next week. Same time, same place. See ya.